August 10, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
memory Forever stands like me Waves sung by into shadow Shifted winds Pervaded horizon for Pedro show <laughs> happy Monday I'm, I'm very 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 honored to have an old friend on the show this week people he's way up in Sandpoint Idaho almost by the Canadian border that little strip between Washington State and Montana but he lived SoCal many many years and uh, I go way back with this man and it's just beautiful I, I should say that the show started off with uh John Coltrane doing Blues to You, the second take in that session. And then Crane with Susan Loa doing Only Love. Crane, welcome aboard. All right, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Been a long time, right? Good to be here. I don't I can't remember oh, the yeah. last I can't remember the last time I saw you. I know you make visits to Pedro, but it it must have been Five, six, seven, eight years. Well, uh, I'm thinking maybe I saw a gig of yours. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, going back to a real uh, serious sit-down and hang out was uh, the last uh, uh, interview you did with me and uh, Dirk Vandenberg. That's right. <laughs> the tragic comedy. <laughs> well, 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 sort of. John Rockowski yep. was missing. But anyway, we're going to go through yeah. uh, your journey through music. Uh, Crane, what's your earliest musical recollection? Um, well, it's, uh, my my parents, my father was an uh, avid uh, big band jazz fan. So uh, growing up, hearing him play that music, and then my mother was uh, a soprano uh, in, in the school and she uh was in the classical music so i, I hit was hearing classical music and, and jazz and uh and uh you know i really got going in terms of a real influence when uh in the early 60s in uh california of uh, the la and uh palos verdes when my uh parents would uh hold these big uh uh like Big band, swing, jazz, lounge, rock and roll kind of parties with uh, oftentimes or costume 
party kind of thing and just theme parties. And so, yeah, I used to hear a lot of really cool music at those, uh, usually rock and roll music, whatever. And so that, that was a big influence, too. But, yeah, a, a mixture of those two scenes. And then, yeah, the ra radio was the pop thing. And my my brother would be playing uh, tunes uh, from from his room. He was four years old or so, almost a hippie. And uh, so he was he was cranking out Cretans, Clearwater, and... Uh, uh, you know, a lot, lot of uh, rock, rock. You know, rare earth, and uh, you know, and then eventually like progressive rock, which uh, like Genesis and King Crimson. So it kind of evolved through all the different scenes, and uh, yeah, a big fan of progressive music as well. Okay, so your mom was a singer, so so she's a musician in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her her side of the family goes way back with the musicianship uh, her her mother uh this is like before this is the, the when when they used to they, the families used to play chamber music to entertain themselves you know at the turn of the uh 20th century um so she her mother uh, played piano and her uh five brothers played you know banjo guitar and and whatnot so you know it's it's like so yeah that was the musical side of the family now when you were a boy uh, was there instruments in the house? Oh yeah, um, my my mother uh, used to. She played. She sang throughout her whole life in the church choir, and uh, and so she had. Uh, that was one of the cool things that I. That was the first instrument I really got into jamming on was uh, was the uh, '60s uh, uh, organ. Um, with all kinds of stops. And, uh, so yeah, that, that was, I, uh, since I had a headphone, I was able to, uh, experiment, you know, late into the night without anyone hearing what I was doing. So I wouldn't be waking up anyone. And, uh, so yeah, that was when I just really started getting the music with that. And then of course, you know, uh, the next phase of that, that developed into playing the trumpet was, uh, uh, a, a guy came to uh, school with a music man with yeah, uh, different I, I instruments. Gonna, and, I wanted to uh, ask you, Craig. So that's when I... Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about school. So you took music in school, okay. and I, I know you were a trumpet player, but that that came from that, right? Were you in the, in the marching band? Well, yeah, that came later. Uh, you know, the, the, my early uh, playing music in school was... Uh, a lot of fifth grade got into the trumpet and then you know sixth seventh and eighth um, mid school uh, there was no marching band there but that's where I really got a, a real love of music I had a great uh, teacher uh, who um, brought in Broadway musical uh, uh, scores to, and we I did a, a couple of musicals uh, and you get your gun in particular so very professional uh, you know music uh, scores from Broadway so uh, yeah, I, early on, I, I had a really great influence of, of uh, traditional music uh, in, in that sense. Were you in the choir? No. Okay. Because you've always sang all your life too. So I, I was wondering. Well, I I I did that on the side, and I just. Love vocal music uh, and, and acapella. Just it's just something that 
over the years I've learned to, to be better at, you know, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I have good, good, uh, good ear for hearing, uh, pitch and all whatnot, but yeah, in terms of doing three part, four part harmonies, whatever, that's, it gets more, more complicated, but, uh, yeah, over the years I've, I've, I've grown into doing that better. Uh, I forgot to ask you, what was the first record you bought for yourself? Um, let's see. <laughs> that's that's kind of a, a funny question because I I mean I'm I'm kind of a person that really didn't uh, you know buy records initially. I mean I was more more listening to the radio. I mean and then it evolved into. Uh, you know, uh, going to concerts and listening and, and whatnot. And yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the records that I were, was listening to were my brother's records. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a funny question because I, I mean, I can tell you the, the records that I was influenced in, in terms of, uh, you know, getting into rock and roll. And, and, yeah, but I didn't and ask you that. And, I, I didn't and, ask you that, Craig. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, but. I, there's no, no, no look, look, look. What I'm look, saying is like, I'm just, Crane, Crane. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, I, I didn't there's, go there, there's no wrong answer. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I'm just okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. That, I understand. That, I understand. You know, in terms of an influence, you know, I, I'm not. Tr I'm trying to remember what you know, buying records, but I mean, it's why, like, why, this, why, this, here, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked that question. Because you're spending your own money. So I'm wondering, what would you spend your own money on? You know, just, just. just it's not that well, important. It, it's not that important. What was the first gig you saw? Well, uh, well, no. Let, let me just touch base on the, on the, that concept. I mean, I, when I when I got old enough to start making money, I I ended up you know with the band uh, jamming, and a lot of my money was going into buying cassettes to record record our early recording sessions. So just to touch base base on that, but. Yeah, in terms of influence, I just want to also touch base. I, I think the the two rock and roll records that really turned me onto something totally different than what was usually on the radio well, of the Beach Boys and, and the Beatles were, was uh, a John Lennon uh, Plastic Ono band. You know, the raw intensity of you know that music, and also Jethro Tull. Uh, this was with uh, 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 Dharma for One, the jamming on that. So those two records in particular turned me on into, uh, you know, the whole different uh, style of music. But, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, going, getting back to your question about my first, like, big rock show, that turned out to be, uh, uh, I guess it was a junior or senior year uh, in high school. I, I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to uh, Stuff, big gigs and stuff like that, but uh, that was uh, Led Zeppelin at the Forum uh, with the Cashmere uh, album. That was a mind blower. Okay, and I want to yeah with Dirk Crane. and Vandenberg and we. I want to play some music from you. Yeah, yeah. This tune is called. Okay. This tune's called Our Love.
For Peter's show, that was Crane with Our Love. After that, Sawako, brand new for these times. Forest here. Uh, she came up with some uh, music for uh, Calm Down in the Stressful Times. After that was Few with P. Attic. She's got a new album coming. Tobacco, Mr. Tom, he's got a new album coming out. This is something he did with Trent Reznor called Babysitter. Will Johnson, brand new stuff. St. Anthony's. He just flowed this to me. I love his stuff. Brother Will. Pat Smear after that from the Germs with off his second album. Uh, it was called Lulu Bell. Maybe for Sh- Michelle. Gerber. I hear him. <clears throat> Michelle Bell. I wonder. Because I hear him say Michelle at the end there. Uh, Helvetia, brand new. Devastating Matt. Ultramarine also, just out, the golden target. And finally, Promise of Love from Crane. Uh, was Dirk Vandenberg, uh, John Rocknaski, were these, those are the first guys you made a band with? Yes. Uh, yeah, I played, well, let me backtrack. I wasn't in a band but per se, but I, I played with some neighbor kids, you know, and, and you know, playing the guitar. And, you know, I mean, they were playing the guitar, surf music, and I was playing the trumpet but and somebody else. But, I mean, it wasn't a band. But, you know, the first 
first group was not just, let me, let me clarify that. It wasn't with just John Rutnowski, Dirk Vandenberg. It was also with uh, uh, Charlie Hancock, yeah, Charlie. who was the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he was in my neighborhood. Right, and he's a keyboard man, and, and actually, so, I don't know Charlie so well because I meet you guys right after you guys kind of go from a four-piece to a three-piece. Correct. And I think you were called Cake Holes for a little bit with a girl singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me uh, about the first gig. Uh, with Char- tell me about the first gig that you, Charlie, John, and Dirk did. Okay. Um, well, as you know, uh, starting out in the in the tough LA music scene, trying to get a gig is is uh, quite a your first gig is quite a dilemma or uh, challenge. Let me put it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I believe that was uh, Sweetwater in uh, Redondo Beach near King Harbor. Uh, the Fleet Dump was right next, a uh, couple doors down. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. And there was a used clothes store called Aardvarks. Yeah, you got a good memory, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it ain't even my town. <laughs> but I've been, that's probably all I know about yeah. HB, actually, <laughs> Redondo Beach and that stuff. But, uh, uh, t- okay, what yeah, was that game? Like? You know what? I jumped what? the gun a little bit, Crane, because how did you get from yeah. the trumpet to the bass guitar? Uh, well, <laughs> and it, it all kind of started in the back row of uh, English uh, <laughs> English class with uh, meeting Dirk, and we were you know we couldn't stand the teacher, so we just you know would write all kinds of kind of silly things. We didn't get good grades in that class, but we <laughs> fostered a good friendship, and yeah, from that friendship. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned, he's going, you know, it's like, I've got, I, I, my uncle ha- has, uh, we've got, I've got my uncle drum in the garage rafters, you know, it's like thinking of, of, uh, playing those, you know, maybe we, we could do something, you know, you, you get a bass and, you know, got a good friend, uh, John Rocknowski, he, he, he knows a little on the guitar. He actually took lessons. So let's do something. And so it was kind of like, yeah. And that, let me just clarify too, uh, how the transformation happened. Cause at that point I was kind of uh, getting a little fed up with the whole marching band thing. And this was a uh, junior, uh, you know, halfway through high school, junior year. And I, I was just kind of, I don't know, feeling frustration with the, you know, this, you know, sheet music and, and wanted to maybe, expand my horizon so yeah that's what happened we we were very lucky to uh, to in, create a, a, a garage band at dirk's place and and uh yeah we we played a lot of really experimental uh slash music slash noise uh what what was your first for, base for a long what, time what was your first base crane was it, it that was, was it that gibson eb2 right hollow body EB, yeah, that's it. And but I know you got a Hondo too that you had like aluminum foil on the headstock. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also wrapped it with uh, bur burlap. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> now, because I'm on, you know, we're both bass players, okay? So I want to relate. What was it like going from the trumpet to the bass, from your lips to your fingers? Yeah, it was, it was a, a totally, you know, <laughs> different experience, that's for sure. Uh, I just, uh, you know, just kind of naturally picked up on uh, feeling the music through my hand. Um, and just, it was a whole... Yeah, it was a great transformation because, you know, you can play a lot longer uh, on an instrument, a string instrument, than you can play on a uh, a brass instrument because, you know, you've got endurance with the, the lips and the breathing. And so, yeah, I mean, I was able to play a lot longer and just was not, not as stressful in many ways. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really, really fun thing to do and, and just to play from ear and from the heart, you know, and, and, and not be re reading charts. I mean, I just was more into, I was really playing the bass like a fretless bass than, uh, you know, we, yeah, you know, obviously I played, we learned a few blues, uh, rock tunes where, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I know that, you know, it's going to be one, four, five, but, uh, but in terms of jamming and I was just like playing by ear and just not even, pretending I didn't have frets and just going all over the place. And from that experience, it just really uh, made me a, a more acute uh, uh, improvisational player, which is one of my favorite art forms. But you, you would say that all that time you put into the trumpet, it ended up being used in the, your bass because in a way the trumpet, can, you can slur notes. You can play like, you know, fretless. Oh Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you you always had your own style of bass. That's what I loved about your playing. You weren't the same-o, same-o, or cliche or stereotype. And, and I always thought some of that had to do with your trumpet playing as a younger man. And, of course, you continued with the trumpet. You're on a couple Minuteman records. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, and, uh, yeah, and you know really whose idea that was? That really was appreciate that. You know whose idea that was, Crane? That was Dee Boone's idea. Oh, wow. Cool. In fact, he wrote the cheerleaders. Yeah, no, it's, it's he wrote the cheerleaders in King of the Hill specifically for your with trumpet parts for you. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. But yeah, that wasn't that the was first. Really cool. The first was the product on Buzzer Howl. Right. And I think th yeah, that, that was just improvised. We didn't even come up with a part. We yeah. just told you to blow, you know? <laughs> it was great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I was on fire that day. That solo is so great, great. So great. It's even got some uh, vocal. <laughs> yeah, at the end there, I'm like going, ah! Because you run out of air, right? <laughs> like you were talking about the endurance uh, fingers versus lips. And, and lungs, yeah. chest. I don't know. In some ways, well, you know, that, you know was, Crane, in some ways, you were kind of the fourth minute man. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I, I, I heard somebody in Amsterdam, somebody get, came up to me and said that. I was like, oh, wow, well, that's, a, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> well, I would say... The only guy close to that was the original drummer, Frank Tanchi, right? He did two gigs with us. 
but nobody did as much. Spot jammed with us at some gigs. Dirk Vandenberg did, but uh, you're actually on records, and you know. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I always true. thought there was a connect between your bass playing and your trumpet playing, and and what the point I was trying to make was like oh, yeah. music's a big. It's a big reservoir, you know? I guess you're either drinking from it or pissing in it. Sure. Crane, we're <laughs> at the end of the first hour. August 10, 2020 edition. Well, Pedro okay. Show. Special guest, Crane. Hold tight for hour two. August 10, 2020. It's the second hour. The lot from Pedro
show start off the second hour with crane doing love i thought i knew and then another umbrella featuring the late great richard Derrick, along with crane 
Uh, after that, jam number six from Tragic Comedy. I got this uh, from Ukraine. Flowed to me, bitching stuff. Uh, the telepaths after that with Swamp Thing. I think they're Lester, out of England. Plastic People of the Universe. You remember them? They were, I think, a Czech band in the 60s. Delirium. And then finally, Being in Love with You from Crane. So, uh, please, continue with the Sweetwater story gig. Well, yeah, I'll get into that, but I just remembered. <laughs> you're rattling my memory, which is a good thing. Um, the first gig with uh, Wasted Space, uh, which was the name of the, of the, the quartet, was uh, actually uh, in Redondo Beach at Pat's Place, a little beer tavern. And, yeah, that, those were some fun gigs. We did a, a few of those. But, yeah, get, getting back to the Sweetwater, that was our, our big I'd say, you know, our first big professional gig because that was a big kind of place. And we uh, we played with, uh, that's when we were the Cake Holes and we had Victoria as uh, singing uh, 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 vocals, backup vocals, and, and I think maybe one or two lead vocals. So, yeah, what, what was kind of funny about that, that gig uh, was that uh, it was a big storm that, that night and uh, they, it was it was flooding in King Harbor, and uh, uh, the police closed off, closed off the road, so no one could really get to the show. Uh, there was like you know, a few people were like like you say it was it was a, a semi cave, uh, and yeah, the Princess Louise restaurant sank that night, so it was kind of like an ominous. Uh, omen of like things to come, kind of like you know, oh, uh, you know, it's like this is our first prof big professional gig, and you know, a ship sinks, and and no one, no one comes to, can get to the gig because the road's blocked off. So it's kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> we call those character builders. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Wasted space. In fact, I got some wasted space next hour. I'm gonna play. Uh, you know, oh, cool. I, 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 my memory's kind of bad too, so I forget the, uh, cause I knew about this. Y you and Dirk have, uh, enlightened me to this kind of stuff. Uh, what about songwriting? When did you start writing songs? Uh, well, it would actually kind of go back to when I was jamming on the, on the organ in the mid sixties uh, or later sixties, you know, that time period, uh, just kind of, you know, writing the little notes down, just not really songs per se, just, you know, interesting chord progressions. And, uh, so yeah, the actual songwriting developed was when, uh, started the, the group wasted space and, uh, and, and, and a lot of that, some of that song, right. Not a lot of it. I don't know, but, uh, was, came from jams you know that's why i was spending my money now on records but on tapes you know it costs a lot of money i didn't have that you know i was a dishwasher my first job so i wasn't making much money so you know most of my money went to getting tapes to record our jams and so yeah you know after listening to a jam or whatever you do is you know go hey well that's a, that was a cool riff you know maybe build on that and so kind of from that as a premise i just started you know you know, got a uh, a a strat strat guitar, and 
uh, went on one of Dirk's guitar safari uh, missions, and uh, and so yeah, I just started really learning how to play chords on the guitar, making everything up. I you know I, I never really once again I was determined to learn from by ear, uh, and and so I, everything and to this the very day that's pretty much how I still write my music. Uh, uh, you know, it's like I don't really. I never, you know, well, let me backtrack. Yeah, Dirk and I in Harvard College went to try to learn music theory and, and you know, that that class lasted maybe a, uh, three or four weeks at the most. And, you know, so, uh, but but no, I, I you know, learned the, the craft of, of writing songs just by experimenting and, you know, go, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a weird chord. That kind of sounds good with this and kind of building on that. You never wrote on bass? Oh, yeah. I, 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 did, I did some writing on, well, the, like as I was going back to write on bass really were the jam sessions that we had. And so, yeah, go back and hear, you know, Oh, that's a cool bass line. Let's and, and you know what you know. You were playing John on the guitar. Or, that sounded good, or maybe had something. To do. The you know co-writing. I was always into the co-writing thing. I mean, I wish I, you know, the group would have expanded more on that. Um, you know, because uh, it turned out that I I became the prominent uh, dominant writer of the group, and you know, I wrote all the songs for. Uh, 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 homage for not not a, a with uh, on your on your record label New Alliance. Not just mine. So you know the not, not, album, not just like, mine, Crane. There was also D Boone and Martin. Look, I want to play another song from you. Our love will grow. When we're together, we have a very good time. We're just good friends, and that's where we drew. But lately I've been thinking There might be more to this Because sometimes when I look into your eyes My feelings are hard to resist I don't know what to say or what to do I've got to be sure in the same way too Our love will grow With the seeds That we sow Learning from the states We let them go Our love will grow Anytime it will show Oh, when it's real love That our love will grow Gotta be sure 
Okay, this song is called Sidewalks of, <coughs> yeah, Sidewalks of New York, and it's written to the tune of an old Jimmy Rogers song, which was called Waiting for a Train. And that song took place in Texas, but this song takes place in New York City, which is one of my favorite places on earth outside of this recording studio. Me old dressed in blue jeans summer the snow was pouring down my pocket book was empty my heart was full of pain and if anything made any more sense to me I believe I'd go insane Skating song, if I ever heard oh, one. Oh yeah, thing. it's great. Roller skate. You say Jimmy Rogers? No, he didn't write that. I, I, didn't I, think I ripped so. the tune off him. Oh, look at my hand. <laughs> That's what you get from playing guitar. 
Uh, no, I ripped that tune off a song that he wrote, and I don't know, the chorus is from an old song, and I don't know who wrote that. It's in the fake book, though. I think it was in a movie or something like that. It was a theme song. It's a beautiful song. Why is something so important? We don't know exactly. No excitement or matter. It's not your fault. I saw you swim in the sea, far off any reflection. The wheel has destroyed the dream. People have the same thoughts, no one gets lost. I still don't sleep at night, I know what that means.
show we heard crane our love will grow peter lochner from the old cleveland scene after that with sidewalks in new york now from england i know what that means uh, two backs from italy fungar part one and then finally so be it from crane so you made a move to idaho but that did not stop you from writing songs yep Oh, no. Yeah, in fact. In fact, it got me more into writing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Talk, me... talk about that, Craig. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I lived my, most of my life in the L.A. suburbs and, uh, you know, enjoyed the whole experience of uh, growing up in, uh, in the 60s, the surf scene, and, and then that turned into the music scene. And... Uh, so uh, six years ago, I I decided I needed to change the scenery. You know, things, so many things had changed in my life, and uh, and you know, people going their different ways and, and all that. So yeah, I, uh, ever since I was young, I loved uh, going to the forest, and my first experiences were going to the beautiful national parks. My parents took us to. So uh, I fell in love with that environment and. It was a lot, so it was a kind of a in the back of my mind, a lifelong dream to move to a, a, a to the forest. So um, you know, I, I love it. I you know, it's got 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 a lot of cool neighbor friends of deer and moose, squirrels and chipmunks and birds, etc. And you know, got some cool neighbors too. So yeah, I just really love the uh, being close to nature. I always have and, and yeah, growing up on the hill, I was always next to a field or or, or woods. So uh, that was kind of intrinsic in my blood. But uh, how does it connect with the, the songwriting? Well, yeah, well, in, yeah, coming up here, I never really connected with the music scene up here. You know, I, you know, I, I did a few open mic nights, and you know, people liked my music and whatnot. But you know, I never really dug uh, the the solo act thing and uh you know i just really love working with people so i haven't really made that connection but yeah you know it's kind of kind of funny that i hadn't done a, a solo acoustic uh gig for like you know i don't know going back 20 years from when i uh opened for uh, kevin ayers uh richard derrick set up uh, a gig in uh, Thai ice in uh, hollywood so I, I did that, but that was the last, my one and only gig before. Yeah, Crane, I'm not talking about performances. You've been sending me buttloads of songs. You must be writing them like crazy. 
Well, yeah, I, I was get, getting back, tying that into, you know, the whole, my experience of coming up here with music. Uh, no, I just, that's always been my intrinsic love is songwriting. So, you know, I, I have this wonderful place that's out in the woods and, you know, it's not out there in, 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 in you know, away from everything, you know, I'm, I'm close to a road and people and whatnot, but I mean, I still have a lot of space so I can play as loud music I want at any hour, but no, I just really have always, that's always been my first love is, is songwriting and, and songwriting in the, a studio environment uh, doing recording. Okay, Crane, I gotta stop you because we're at the end of the second hour, August 10, 2020 edition, what Pedro Show special guest, can't Crane, we'll tie for hour three. August 10, 2020, it's the third hour. Watt for Pedro Show.
Better run. 
Some point of life. 
show started the third hour off with crane doing change of heart wasted space people this is the quartet with charlie dirk and john that crane had before the k coles before tragic company that's the uh the trajectory uh my girlfriend's fine yeah, full thumb after that tortured soul full thumb let's talk about that a little later damon smith after that night of wheat okay because I think Fold Fum only had one gig and one brack. But it's very interesting stuff. There's spider bags, bad complexion. Yeah. Flying Vipers after that. Brand new. 220s Clash. Mystical Weapons. That's Sean Lennon and uh, Greg Sarne. Wild record. Uh, Consortium Music. And finally, Crane with Dreams Within Our Hearts. Yeah, Fold Fum. All right. <laughs> Experimental group. I remember them. Well, Enlightenness. Huh? Enlightenness. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, Martin. Martin was in that with uh, Dirk and uh, and their friend Kevin. That was and you and I. So, um, you know, let's see. Uh, Dirk played drums and Martin sax and and Kevin sax and singing. Mostly singing was uh, Martin and Kevin and you, you were playing bass and you wrote some really cool bass lines for that group. And uh, I was I was mostly playing uh, urban sitar, which uh, <laughs> which was two turned upside down cans with us. Guitar strings coming out of them with uh, tied to uh, Civil War stirrups <laughs> and a bow. I remember actually. <laughs> and in fact, were... I played that instrument with you. I was just going to say I played that instrument with you guys uh, at uh, Music Machine uh, uh, with when uh, you jammed with uh, uh, Charlie Hayden. That was McCabe's. McCabe's, right? <laughs> but they're close. <laughs> One Santa Monica, one's yeah. West LA. They're 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 close to each other. Uh, yeah, you were real creative at that at, at that time. I remember you inventing a machine to conk, making sounds so you could conk easier. Well, yeah, well, that, that that was the urban 
I actually made that Inga State uh, instrument uh, experimental instrument class. Okay, I want to so. play. I want to play the final chapter here.
Dajte pivo neko.
Watt for Pedro Show Blast Music for this edition. Crane doing the final chapter. After that, the Redneck Manifesto with Smile More. Uh, Shinag Zuba, which is uh, Koya's, Brother Koya's uh, Nam de Plume, where, where he plays guitar for the this movie, doing like kind of funk rhythm things. And this is the third piece of Funk Elastis. And finally, Crane with Mother Earth, which he asked me to play for this show last. Uh, yeah, t- t- talk about, uh, for a while there, you were getting into this healing music. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I still am. I uh, created, at that time, a concept called the overtone of phone, which is, uh, was a clay, a portable small clay chamber that uh, one sings into like a clay bowl, but coming out of the clay bowl are uh, headphone, uh, you know, horns that come up to your ear. So you can sing into, into it and then through the, the chamber and into your ears and for overtone effects of like healing uh, one's self. There's a concept from the Far East when I went there in the whole yogi experience in the Tibetan monks and all that. Uh, there's a concept called the missing note where uh, and there's an exercise where a person starts singing like a real low note and, and slowly goes up like a pitch pipe or a, a slide like a trombone going and then slowly going up into the highest pitch and along the way you find a breaking point in your voice and that's the the missing note that you need to strengthen so that is part of a a theme that i'm um actually working on again uh i'm going to be sending a new version of 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 the overtone of phone that can be from uh supplies from the hardware store which uh i'm going to be sending to uh sherry edwards uh, uh a uh, uh, famous sound healer who works with uh, healing uh, so- healing sounds that uh, with a computer uh, a voice co- decoder that finds kind of like the missing tones in your voice. And then it's a similar concept uh, that going back to the ancient sound healing. Okay. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Crane? Yeah, I, my main website that I've got a domain for is my uh, full legal name of Richard Allen, A-L-A-N, Krieger, K-A-R-I-E-G-E-R.com. And uh, Crane, at that Crane, website, Crane, you can hear my music. And I'll, Crane, it dropped out. I, Crane, I didn't get all that. Hmm? We got a terrible fucking connection out in the woods okay. there. It, Part of yeah. your—you got to spell out that URL again because your voice dropped out. Okay, yeah. Uh, my home web page is my uh, full name: Richard Allen A L A N Krieger K R I E G E R dot com. So Richard Allen Krieger dot com, and at that website is uh, links to various music there's music there but there's also links to uh, my other music websites of uh, Bandcamp uh, SoundCloud and uh, YouTube 
Now, besides the overtone of phone, what's your next musical plan? Uh, well, right now I'm, I'm really excited about uh, getting my uh, songs recorded by other recording artists. Uh, I've I've joined this uh, professional music group, which was a takeoff from uh, LinkedIn, which is just all music professionals, and you have to be invited into this group. It's called uh, Music to Deal, and uh, some good uh, response from them, and they actually highlighted my song. Uh, a place with no time. The recording from Nashville. So yeah, I'm I'm still hoping to maybe connect with that. And yeah, there, a lot of people like my my uh, my uh, hip hop song uh, "Wake Up the Neighbors." So see where where that goes. But yeah, I'm 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 at a point now, kind of where I've got to start uh, promoting my my music and my recordings. Uh, exclusively because you know no one's really coming to my website so you know I'm probably gonna branch out to TuneCore or Spotify and and just promote my music and promote uh, put some albums together with, with the music that I've recorded over the years and you got quite a collection of songs well yeah thank you too for playing them I really appreciate it man <laughs> And, you know, it's good catching up with you again and seeing what's going on. You think uh, in that solitary situation, it really focuses you on songwriting? Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a situation where I'm also at a point where I'm uh, hoping to work things out where I can get an, another place uh uh, you know, have two residencies, one one in L.A. area so I can, you know, hang out with with you and, and old friends and uh, because I miss that and uh, and then have this place. And, you know, I kind of like uh, during the winter season, I'll be hanging out in L.A. versus, you know, in the ice uh, castle. So <laughs> that, that's kind of kind of the future future. I kind of kind of and looking towards forward towards forward to <laughs> okay okay look huge honor to have you back on the show crane love you we go way back and i know you're going to keep making great great music uh down the road and so thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with me today people oh, you're welcome thank you sir I you're very very welcome people it's been the august 10th 2020 edition of the watt for pedro show keep your powder dry <laughs>